Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and we have another great edition in store for you. We'll chat to the uh, co-senior men's coach of the Epping Football Netball Club in Glen Lanier and the senior women's coach of the St. Mary's Football Netball Club, Troy Bickerton. Both had big wins on the weekend, and particularly with the Borough, have had a great season so far, so it'll be good to get an insight into the happenings in those two clubs. Plus, of course, we'll review and preview all the action across our senior men's and women's competitions and help me do that this week. It's a very, very good podcast episode to Josh Ward. Josh, thank you for coming on. Great to be back after, well, taking last week off. You did a great job with that edition, Nick, t- talking with all all your different guests that week. And, yeah, can't wait to talk about a very interesting weekend in across, well, the senior men's competitions, senior women's football competitions, and all competitions in general. Hopefully people didn't get sick of my voice last week too, so <laughs> at least I got you to help me out this time, but we'll get stuck straight into it like we always do. I'll start with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. Now, I guess no real big results in terms of close games or, or anything out of the ordinary. Oh, I mean, there is a bit, but we'll get to that. Um, but... I guess some commanding wins from the top sides in the competition, which is sort of what you'd expect, you know, from the ones that are vying for, for premiership glory. Uh, Norcott Park, Montmorency. So the Magpies getting up there by 26 points. Now, you know, again, it's another game really where the Cougars, you know, can take a lot out of it. They, mm. they weren't really smashed out of the park. They weren't, you know, they were in control for, for many parts of that game. And it was really close up until three-quarter time. But... I guess another instance of the Magpies just, you know, putting the foot down the last quarter and running away with it, which we know they're absolutely capable of doing. But, you know, I think Stephen Saddickson's side should be pretty impressed with their efforts. Um, And, you know, performances like that just prove to everyone that they are capable in this division of at least being competitive. Yeah, and I don't think 10th place does them justice as to how much, you know, they've improved this season. It was a similar story to last time... They played one of the top sides out, out of Bill Laurie Oval. That was Bandura. They just got ran over in the final term. And, yeah, in this case, it was a similar story. Just, yeah, the, the Magpies, uh, they're a fast-finishing side like, like you know, the team that's above them in Heidelberg. And it was another strong finish, four goals. I conceded two goals in that final term. But, yeah, a great victory for the, for Montmorency. Paddy Fitzgerald, he's had a great season. Mm. Kicks another five goals. I feel like he's quietly gone under the radar due to the impact Leanwell Buxton's had for Montmorency, but he's still played a massive role for the Magpies this year. Well, he has in the last few years, and I think, you know, there's been a, there's goal kickers in different teams that have probably taken the reins in the last few years. Ahmed Saad, Sam Lloyd have... You know, been kicking bags of goals and the attention goes to here. But, you know, with them two not particularly having high goal-scoring years in in comparison to what they've had previously, you know, Paddy Fitzgerald is really just continuing to impress, which is great to see for the Magpies and someone they can continue to rely on to keep the goals as well. So uh, very impressive stuff. Again, from Montmorency, uh, Greensboro. Well, <laughs> they, they had another <laughs> excellent four-quarter performance, say, Turn the tables from their round two defeat to Hurstbridge um, early in the year, and, and they had a comfortable victory over the Bridges at home. I guess the the talk of the town there was was the arrival of Josh Caddy. We we know he's a Northern boy, and we we knew once he retired that he was going to come back. I guess it was more of a question of where he was going to go. And the Burrows, where he has ended up, he comes straight into the side, kicks two goals um, on the way to um, a handy win for the Burrows. So. 
I remember we had a discussion. It was I think it was a couple of weeks ago now about if the pressure was starting to be on Greensboro, considering the fact that they had the same wins as West Preston Lakeside at the time. They were still two point uh, two games away from the top three, um, and they were probably you know had a bad patch of form. I think they had lost three or four of their last five. Mm-hmm. Um, but you add Josh Cady into that mix, the recently retired AFL player who still got the form, particularly at local level, he'll excel. Um, does Greensboro become the fourth side, do you think, that can contend for this premiership? Because at the moment, you know, we were still looking at the top three in Heidelberg, Monty and Bandura as, you know, the sides to beat. Does Caddy coming into the mix now make Greensboro a premiership contender? I think it does. You know, one player sometimes can make a difference to a side and I think Josh Caddy does exactly that. You know, yeah, like you said, Nick, he's recently retired from the AFL. He's still... Got, he's still pretty young 29 I believe he is as well so he's still got plenty of uh, plenty of promise to show at the local level for Greensboro and yeah slotted right in this week named fifth best kicks the two goals and yeah now they uh, now they've got the tools I reckon with adding Caddy to you know a pretty already pretty strong midfield forward combo with mm. uh, with Tom Bell as well it's going to be scary for for other teams having to deal and add in Tom Brindley too, who plays a bit of ruck and forward as well. It's 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 a spooky propo- proposition for for most oppositions. But yeah, great win for the Barra. Definitely a four-quarter performance. And they needed to bounce back after their disappointing loss to the Bridges earlier in the year. It's a good point you make. They have a lot of dual-position players in that team. You know, as, as well as Caddy would probably go in the midfield, I think he's mm-hmm. someone that can just chuck deep forward. He's got the craft. You know that he can produce goals. You know, he kicks two there, but... You know, he's someone that can continue to make an impact. Uh, Heidelberg, well, I mean, again, another expected result there. An 83-point win over Whittlesey at home. They just continue to dominate on top of the ladder. They just... I know they've been beaten this year, but they look unbeatable at the moment. They're, you know, they have to be the premiership favourites, and they are for a reason um, with the way they've been going about it. And, they're, you know, they're really having great performances over these, these lesser sides in the competition. So... Um, Holderberg just continue to go about their business again. Yeah, and, well, for Whittlesey as well, it's it's a much better performance can, compared to the last time they faced Holderberg. They, you know, it was I think it was 120, 140 points they lost by last time, and you know this was a, a pretty like brand new side. You know, they they lost Jared Wade and David Menen. Menen, of course, going to Diamond Creek. Diamond Creek, yeah, and I think. Jared Wade as well. He went to the Golden Valley to the Golden Valley mm. Footy League. So two pretty big losses. They'd had impressive seasons to date so far. Um, but yeah, it's um it's a much improved performance, and also they lost Blake Watson to the Sandy VFL side. So it's a great performance from uh, from a uh, much improved performance from Whittlesey. But yeah, they're hard to work. That they're, they're not going. I don't think they'll lose the second half of this season. It's a big call, but they they're looking like they can't be defeated. Yeah, the Eagles, you make some points. I mean, unfortunately, with what's happened the last few weeks over there, they've had a bit of an exodus in players leaving. Um, you know, at the same time, it gives an opportunity for some of these younger, talented guys, which we know they have um, throughout that whole program, to really step up. And, you know, it could prove difficult. I think that win against Norcott Park three weeks ago is going to come in very handy when it gets to the last few weeks of the season and, and vying for points and wins. Um but, yeah, so, you know, one to keep an eye on, I guess, for Whittlesey, yeah, but for Heidelberg, you're spot on. I don't know if I can see him losing another game. I understand what you're saying, but 
I keep getting reminded about Greensboro 2019. You know, 17 and one they were, mm. and then lost the grand final. I mean, <laughs> not not saying that's going to happen to Heidelberg in any stretch of the imagination, because right now they're playing some fantastic footy, but they are very hard to stop. And when the only team they've lost to this year, Monty, when that game comes up in a few weeks' time, they'll be very, very intriguing. So a lot to look forward to there. Um, and I guess the most surprising result out of this round came between Bandura and West Preston Lakeside. Now. We went and watched them in round one, and it was the Roosters that, you know, their depth was tested. They had a few laid outs, and they came in, and, and they put in a performance you would expect from two-time running premiers. Since then, the trajectories of these sides have just been completely different, and none more highlighted than in this game at Yulong Reserve. 104 points. Now, I don't... I don't it's been a very long time since I think the Roosters have lost to that margin. It's It was incredible. It was nine goals to one in the first term and then they just went on with it from there West Preston Lakeside never even looked like scoring really at, at different stages you know five goals to Danny Unan John Jorgensen kicked another five Cole Green four um, you know they've got some of their better players in the best Luke Collins their co-captain Neville Jetta playing another fantastic <laughs> game I'm if I wasn't worried about the Roosters before I certainly am now because not only do I not think that well, I've got to be careful what I say here because I really struggle to write them off considering the feats they've had in the last few years. But it'd be fair to say right now that you can't see them winning the flag at this stage. Their performances against the top teams this year have been very subpar. Apart from that Bandura win and apart from the draw against Greensboro, they've had a heavy defeat to Monty and they've had a heavy defeat to Heidelberg and, and a very heavy defeat now to Bandura. They play Greensboro again next week. Um, which I don't if I don't if they don't beat the bar there, um, not only are their premiership contender status in a lot of doubt, their final spots in a lot of doubt. We saw McLeod North Heidelberg a few weeks back, a great game, both sides that are capable of causing an upset and both that are breathing down the neck of the Roosters in fifth spot. Um yeah, a bit of concerns now I think. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm starting to doubt their their finals credentials now. I um I'm past thinking that they're premiership favourites. Yeah, I haven't been around the Northern longer. I've heard plenty of tales of how they came back and won that 2019 premiership, but they can't come back and win the premiership from here. I reckon this is this, this is just a, a, a really bad performance from them against the top side, against the second best side, well, third best side, actually, in the division. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm sure West Preston Lakeside fans won't enjoy me <laughs> saying that, but I, I just... I really am starting to doubt that, yeah, they're going to make finals. I think they'll be thanking their lucky stars that McLeod did get that close win on Queen's birthday against North Heidelberg because it means they would have, yeah, still been out of the top six and or top five. And yeah, it's this is. Look, I don't, I don't really want to write them off. I, I can't really write them mm. off until they mathematically are not in with a chance because. They are still a very talented team on play, on paper. We know what Armand Sark can produce in the forward line. Michael Urquilano's had another fantastic year. Alex Federico's also been one, I think, that's been particularly impressive. It's just, obviously, with the form that they're playing in right now, you know, it's hard for you to say with confidence that they can be a menace in the finals. Although, in saying that, they can remind you a bit of Richmond in the sense that you've just mm. got to be in there. Once they're in finals... They can cause anything. They can, they they can be the best team on the day five times in a row. They've already proven that they they're capable of doing that. Um, but 
just with the results they've had in the last three weeks, and it could just be because of they've had a period of playing the top sides, that they just haven't seemed to be at the level yet to compete with those top sides at, the, at this stage of the season. So, um, again, another watch this space, I think, for the Roosters. Taking nothing away from Bandura on their performance, you know. Mm-hmm. A, a, a fantastic four-quarter effort from them with all their stars standing up. And we spoke to Michael Ryan a fortnight ago as well, and, you know, they're building some good things here at the Bulls. So, nothing to take away from that. So, yeah, just an interesting prospect to look at all round. And their game against Greensboro this week, we'll have a lot of eyes on it for more reasons than one. I would think. Let's get to MC Labor Division 2. And this, I think, has become the most intriguing competition mm. out of all three divisions so far. There, there's been some unbelievable results to look at. And we'll start with... <laughs> don't even know where to start. But we'll start with the game that um, the Match of the Day broadcast team covered on Saturday. And that was between St. Mary's and Watsonia. This was really an eight-point game. Mm. Uh, and it was a seven-goal second quarter from the Barra that got them over the line. Because all the other three were really, really close. Um, credit to the Saints for, for really putting in every single effort they could. They had a hot start to the game. It was three goals to one within 10 minutes. And then they just fell away in that second term. And it was catch up from there. And they just couldn't get enough goals in the end to get back. Although James Lucenti was a, was a standout. Six majors mm-hmm. for him. It was quite brilliant. But uh, the Borough, they set a game clear in the top five. And they are a genuine finals op- uh, contender in season 2022, which I think is really great to see. They were only in Division 3 four or five years ago. Mm, and we were talking off air as well about how the, the top five is potentially potentially set in MC Labor Division 2. And, you know, with, with the Borough getting the win here, if Watsonia had gotten the win, it would have been locked away. But, yeah, it's definitely locked away now with St. Mary's getting the win. That's a, a very impressive win. And, yeah, that second quarter seemed like it was... Uh, an onslaught of goals. I wasn't out there. You were out there covering the game. But, yeah, it, it's a great performance from the Borough. They held on really well as well against Watsonia, who, who clearly looked like they came charging back home. James Lee sent here. Yeah, he's definitely getting reward for effort. I, I spoke with George Latouf after their victory against Thomastown. He felt, you know, the performances in the last couple of weeks have been reward for his work on the training track, and that's definitely a reward for effort. Um, another great performance from the Exum Cloud man. And Watsonia did no Kyle Wheatley for him either, their leading goal mm-hmm. scorer, which made things difficult. No, none, their captain Ben Sutherland wasn't playing either, so um, didn't make it easy for them. But still, I think a gallant performance, and it just proves that they're, they're they're continuing to make the inroads they need to be a competitive force in this division. It's still their best output in Division Two since joining the competition after their 2016 flag. Um, and, and yeah, the, those young guys that are coming up, Daniel Lynette really impressed me too. But St. Mary's, you know, they're, they're genuine final side, which, again, I, like I said, is fantastic to see. Fabian Corelli's really put a nice little team together here. They've got stars across all lines, and, uh, you know, they've already caused a few, pri- well, I guess you could say, brilliant performances this year. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're continuing to do that and... Proving to themselves that, you know, they're not those bottom four or five sides anymore. They're someone that can compete. So, one to watch out for there for the uh, St. Mary's side. Uh, Lowell Plenty and Eltham. Now, this was an also an interesting game, more in the sense that a one-point win for the Panthers. Now, when we... Again, it's, it's crazy what weeks do in football because they seem like forever. When we covered this mm-hmm. game in round, I think it was three or four... Um, the Bears had their measure, and that was it. They, they ran away, and it was a big win for everyone involved at Lower Plenty. Now, the tables have turned. Altham, 
top of the ladder. They've beaten every side in the competition just 10 games in. They're with seven wins in a row. Um, and they are playing some phenomenal football, albeit I think a little fortunate to come away with the win here, yeah. considering that Lowell Plenty had 29 scoring shots to Altham's 20. Um, the Bears just couldn't put them away in the end. And um, Yeah, it was a, a dramatic finish, really. A shot on goal from Billy Barton. Darcy Valens marks it right on the goal line, and that ends up being the last moment of the game where they get up, which, you know, is... It was great for the Panthers. They were able to continue this win streak going. Uh, but, you know, I think the factor of having beaten every side in the competition at this point of the season is going to give Eltham a lot of confidence for the rest of the year and in the postseason. Definitely. They're, they're definitely my premiership favourites now. This is this is just such a terrific victory. And, yeah, it's, again, another reward for effort. They've been terrific all season long, I reckon, Eltham. And they've surprised me given, you know, they'd lost a bit in the off-season, lost a couple of stars, particularly Brett McCaffrey, who, yeah, I thought, again, I thought one man wouldn't change the way I'd look at a team, but it did Matthew Keys as well. Yeah, and uh, I think it was Tim Curry as well who left as well, so they'd lost quite a bit, and but it just shows the strength of their junior program, and yeah, some of these young stars starring starring again, you know, uh, Luke right. Sirianni, he kicks three goals. Daniel Horsfield kicks the three. And in the first quarter, Daniel Horsfield too. So he had a really nice start <laughs> to that game. Yeah, definitely. And while it's it's definitely a great win for the Panthers, it, it definitely sets them up well for finals. They're going to have a, a lot of confidence for the rest of this season. And a lot of depth too. I mean, you know, you, thought, you spoke about the young guys. You're absolutely spot on. You know, Finbar Maley, David Evans... There have just been some guys that are performing week after week and, and, and are playing like they've been playing senior football for years, mm. uh, which is a great strength to Robert Hyde's side. So um, definitely on top of the ladder for a reason. And um, almost similar to Heidelberg, seeing as they've beaten Lyre, they might be a difficult team to get a hold of um, in terms of trying to get over the line against them in season 2022, at least in the home and away season. Uh, now, there was already a lot of intrigue coming into this Epping Fitzroy Stars game, and it certainly delivered. Yeah. Uh, the the Blues, a one-point win over the Fitzroy Stars. Another dramatic finish you would have seen around the social media pages of the final moments package. Um, uh, uh, Alec Bucken just gets a point across, um, and, and it's enough really in the end. The sign goes about 15, 20 seconds later. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak to their, to their co-coach as well in, in Glenn Liner in, in a few moments' time, but... Um, you know, a win like that for Epping, it probably keeps them up in the division now. They're two games clear of the bottom place stars who, you know, tried absolutely everything. They'll be disappointed because they were in front for all three quarters in terms of the breaks and they just couldn't get that final push. Epping nine behinds in the last quarter. Um, so it was dramatic scenes all the <laughs> way around at Epping Recreation Reserve. But, you know, for the Blues to get the win like that, it's amazing for them. I guess a two-part question for you, Josh. Can Epping build anything from this? Maybe not this year, but in the years to come, knowing that they're going to be in this division for another year, more than likely. And for the Stars, is there any road for them to stay in this competition this year? And if not, um, how do you think they're going to fare in terms of getting themselves back up to a level that they were at a few years ago contending for Division 2 premierships? Uh, well, you know, if they for Fitzroy Stars, I, I, don't see, I don't see any way that they can you know, get even a victory this season. Now, I hope they prove me wrong because they've been through a lot these last couple of years, but I, I have my doubts that, yeah, 
with this loss. I, I doubt they'd be able to get a win. Maybe if they face Penn Hill, we've heard that their performance has happened. Well, the thing is, so on that, so they do play Penn Hill again. Um, but even if they do defeat the Redbacks, they will still be a game behind, which means they would have to cause an upset between one of those other top seven clubs, which That's the way they're playing at the moment, yeah. very, very difficult, I think. Very doubtful. But yeah, Epping can definitely build on uh, build on these two results against the Fitzroy, Star, uh, Fitzroy Stars. You know, it shows that they are definitely, um, yeah, they're definitely the well, second worst side in the competition. I hate to sound harsh, but yeah, it, um, it'll give them confidence knowing that they're well, pretty much safe. You know, you still never know. In, in any competition, but yeah, it's um, it, they can definitely build on this. Uh, just on the game as well. Normally, bad kicking is bad footy. Twenty behinds mm, in total. Eight twenty. Eight, yep. Yeah, it's not the greatest, most straight kicking. Yeah, nine behind or nine of those behinds coming in the fourth quarter. So yeah, they could have put this game to bed, but yeah, it's um, it's still a win's a win, even if you kick, even if you kick that amount of behinds and that amount of goals and. Yeah, they pick up the win here. Do do the Blues, and it, yeah, like I said, it gives them conf. It'll give them confidence for the rest of the season now, knowing they're pretty much safe. Um, another team that continues to fly under the radar is the Creekers. It's Diamond Creek, mm. seven wins in a row for them as well now, um, and a win over Thomastown on the weekend by fourteen points at Coventry Oval. Um, you know they're, they're producing some great football at the moment. Our Diamond Creek to be seven in a row in this competition very impressive. Even though they actually went down a spot probably just due to percentage, um, but yeah, they're they're competing really really well. I've been impressed with what the side has produced. Joe Norman's having another great campaign. Hugh Kavanagh had a, a fantastic performance on the weekend, um, but you know Tyler Barnes has been someone that stepped up really well and and performed excellently. Nathan Searle. Sam Gleeson, I think, has been the pick of the bunch in that team. Um, him transferring to Diamond Creek at the start of the year, he's been one of the the recruits of the year in that division, uh, uh, no doubt about it. So, uh, for Diamond Creek, they're they're absolutely rocking at the moment. They're they're doing really well, even though they're not on top of the ladder. Just just the two losses for them so far is putting them in really good stead towards the back end of the year. Yeah, I think they're definitely making their markers. That's the second best side in the competition. This is a, a very impressive win against the Thomastown side that, again, they put up a bit of a fight, but another disappointing performance. This, this hurts them given, well, no matter what, they were always going to be like a game a game and a half or two and a half games behind. Well, they're 10 points behind now on, on the fifth-placed borough. Um, unfortunately for them, Michael Tanger laid out coming into this game. Mm. Lawrence Lepicolo got injured at certain stages too. And if it wasn't for Anthony Capici's four goals, uh, you know, it could have been a lot more of a deficit. Now that, you know, the Bears are that far behind, there's eight games to go to have ten points to make up. I have to play the Borough and Watsonia again, which means those two would have to be wins to even start with. But then they would also probably have to beat, you know, another one of these top sides. We know they get convincing wins against the bottom sides. We know they're capable of doing that. Um, but the thing is now, it, it's... Points calculations are going to have to start coming into it real soon. You don't want to be doing that with eight games to go in a year. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, now moving on to the, the Diamond Creek perspective. Yeah, it's been a great season for mm. them. They've just flown under the wa- radar because of the fact that Eltham have taken the competition by by storm. And yeah, they're performing really, really well. I thought they might, you know, struggle a little bit given they 
given well they'd lost Dolly Parks or and maybe a couple more but yeah they they'd still you know they still kept a very talented side mm. together I wouldn't think they'd make waves against sides like Banyol Banyol or Plenty uh, now well Thomastown even but yeah, this is a great victory for them. Sage Tello is starting to hit some good form yeah, as well. Kicks the three goals, true. and we all know what he's capable of when he starts kicking goals. Absolutely right. So great to hear, uh, great to see Diamond Creek doing really well as well. Their, their last grand final appearance in 2017. Since then, they haven't really been able to hit those marks. But since, but now in this year, they've produced some really great football. And then Banyol and Panton Hill, of course, the other one now. The Bears, you know, an expected win. You know, we we talk about percentage being a big thing. That they absolutely should have won by more in, in that yeah. one. Another another case of inaccurate goal kicking. But um, the Bears move up to second on the spot on the ladder because of the win and and due to the percentage. And um, yeah, they continue to to put some pressure on the top side, Alton. Yeah, they might need. Well, they get the win, but they might need to practice their goal kicking this week. Banyol, ten goals, twenty two. <laughs> that's that's it's a, it's not the greatest even against a, a bottom side like Penn Hill. But yeah. And, you know, they had two goals, 16 at half time, and they were only up by two goals heading yeah. into the main break. So they put the f- they put the foot down in the second half, but yeah, it, it should have been a lot bigger margin. I think that might hurt them come the end of the season. Come the end of the season, especially if they're battling it out for second place or even third place with Lower Plenty Diamond Creek and. And, and yeah, and potentially even top spot with Eltham. But yeah, this is um, it's it's a win but a win I, I wouldn't take. And if I was Paul Harris and Mickey Dyson, I'd be practicing that goal-kicking this week because they've got a massive game where they'll probably need to, ki- ki- to kick straight out against Thomastown. We'll now chat to the co-coach of the Epping uh, Football Nepal Club in Glen Lenner following their historic win against the Fitzroy Stars on Saturday. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the co-senior men's coach of the Epping Football Nepal Club in Glen Lena. Glen, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us a bit of your time today. No worries, Nicholas. Thanks, thanks for having me. An incredible win on Saturday, which I'm sure you're more than happy to, to begin the, uh, our chat with. Um, you know, we saw all the emotions that came out of the victory and, and you know, how much it really meant to, to everyone to get a result like that. How much did it mean to, to you personally being involved in the Epping Football Program? And, and yeah, just, I guess... Describe the scenes of of the day at Epping Recreation Reserve. Uh, I think I think for me personally, um, I said to the guys after the game when we have our we, when we did our post match, I said that's probably in all sport that I've played and coached in, um, that's probably the best win I've ever been a part of. Um, from the point of view of just how hard we had to scrap, and you know we had guys going down injured during the day, and we had other things going on to to get a win like that when when really we I mean Fitzroy were fantastic we couldn't get away from them and um, to get a win like that in the way we won with all the emotion that's happened throughout the year to for us um, it was just one of those real special moments and to walk off and seeing you know supporters crying and and everything else it was yeah, it was a it was a bit of a touching moment for for, for all of us involved. Well, it absolutely would have been, particularly in the fact that it had been such a long time since you were able to get a victory at your home deck. You know, it must have meant a lot to to the auto fans who who have been by the side throughout the good times and the bad. But particularly in the last few years, when things probably haven't been going the way you would have liked, um, to to see them 
be able to celebrate um, the way that you all did with a win like that um, would mean a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, it does, and I think I think I think, I think one of the guys worked out. It was like it was like fourteen hundred and sixty-five days mm. since since they've won a home game, which goes back to I said it was around fourteen two thousand eighteen. Um, so yeah, look, it was, and I think you know for the committee there who have been there through 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 through, through all the hard times that, that the clubs had, and you know, and then to get obviously have COVID and everything else like everyone else had to deal with, but to have a win like that. Um, and to guts it out the way the, the way the boys did was just it was, it was just a really special moment for everybody. Uh, it was a very tense game, and there was a lot of intensity throughout the whole afternoon. You know, especially in that last quarter, you you were kicking those behinds and just couldn't get you know those extra goals you know right until the end. Really, how were you able to compose your side throughout those moments, particularly in the first half when you know the I guess the stage was set for both teams and we knew what we were going to expect. What, what, what was it? What was the key messaging in terms of just you know regaining focus from your side and, and getting the job done? It was just more about like we we'll, were we'll just saying, guys, exactly right, just to stay calm um, because we knew from the first meeting we played in this year that it took us three and a half quarters to to really break the game down. Because we, if we look back at round one, we were five goals down in the first quarter. We got it back to, I think it was three goals at half time, then nearly level at three quarter time, and then we were able to come over the top. So we knew that, we knew if we just stuck to our game plan, stuck to what we knew, just the the way we, we knew was going to work, that eventually, hopefully, eventually we were, we were going to get on top. And, and so it was just more about the guys keeping their cool, keeping their heads while, you know, and being able to get repeat inside 50s to keep Fitzroy under pressure was just the real key to it all. Just keep that ball inside our 50 and keep the pressure on them. And then eventually, we were hoping, I said, eventually that we were going to, um, you know, we were going to score. Yeah, we didn't obviously kick what we wanted to in the last quarter. I think we had, I think it was 18, in, I think we had 18 inside 50s for two goals, nine, and they had three inside 50s for three goals. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. So it was, <laughs> Makes it, it interesting. Was just, yeah, it does, it does. When, when you look at it and you break it all down, it's um, it's very interesting. So, um, so yeah. But we got the win, so it was, uh, it was great for the boys. Talk to us about, I guess, this season in particular from, from your eyes. It, it, you, the club's obviously had its struggles, which I've mentioned before, in previous years. But, um, you know... After a win like that, it gives you guys a bit of hope, I'm sure, that you're more than likely now to stay in Division 2. Um, what's the year been like for your eyes, and, and yeah, how do you see yourselves building from, from the performance on Saturday? It's It's been positive. I mean, I mean, I know we know the results don't look like it, and, um, you know, when you're getting belted by 100 points and, and all of this, and there were times in those games where we thought, you know, we were having a real good crack at it, and then just one thing... Yeah, it happened and 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 it got away from us. But we feel that you know this year was about was about you know get, getting the club back 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 up and about you know off field, which we've done. I mean, we've had a number of people come in, you know, and I guess you know, you go in as a first year coach, and Aaron will say the same thing. Like we we never expected the, the influx that we got. You know, we thought yeah we might get a couple, but not well. We only we had thirty new recruits or something walked in the door. So, from that point of view, from a numbers point of view, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, on the weekend was the first time since round one we're actually talking about 
having to say to blokes in in the reserves, well, look, guys, you're not going to play this week. Mm. You know, we haven't had that since round one, but the club haven't had that for a couple of years. And and when we we had a spade, well, I think there was one stage there a few weeks ago, we had 30 blokes there with injury. And, you know, and the club said, you know, if this had been last year, we would have been forfeiting games. So the fact that we're still getting two sides on the park who are competing and playing, from a club point of view, that's been a that that's been a massive positive, and that's something that we, we're sort of going. So now the next part of our trick is okay. Now we've got to get everyone back up and about and fresh, and we're and we're relatively fit at the moment. Now it's a matter of is extend on that to get to get some better results. And you know, if we look at this week's game against Diamond Creek, well, we were embarrassed last time we played them, and um, you know we need to, from our own point of view, we need to get back a bit of self pride against Diamond Creek on the weekend. And Glenn. You know, you've had some consistent performances over the year, over this year. Lee Judd's been consistently named in the best six out of seven in six out of seven games. You know, Bailey Caldo, Damon, Damon Marcon's your leading goal kicker as well. Has there been any other players that have stood out to you this season and, and last weekend as well? Uh, probably Tom, uh, Tommy Burnside is a standout for us. Um, you know, he came down with a massive reputation. Um, he was an Epping boy, and then he went. He went. He went up and played some 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 country footy for a bit, and then come back. He's been massive. Like, um, you know, he started down. He started up forward for us. Wasn't working out for him. He threw him down back, and he and he found his feet. And now he's running around in the midfield. So Tom Burnside's been enormous for us. Um, Dallas Taylor, another one. You know, Dallas Dallas was their key forward. For him, we've, and we're throwing him down back. We said, "Oh, we reckon you can play a role down back." And he saw his game on the weekend. He was, he he was tremendous in just intercept marking, going third up and defending the ball and setting up the back six. He's been, um, he's 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 another one who's been he's been absolutely brilliant for us. And also, too, I guess, you know, I look at the last um, five to six week of, of Owen Sloan's games. You know, he he was he was a guy who came over from Whittlesea. You know, he's six foot seven and. Learned, still, still growing into his body and learning the art of of playing. But his ruck work in the middle um, for us at the moment, he he's been winning probably 95 percent of his hitouts. So for us, for seeing his his progression at the start of the year, where he actually started in the twos at the start of the year, to now being at the moment our number one ruckman is um is very pleased. And just finally, Glenn, you know you obviously have the coaching relationship with Aaron and. You know, you've been able to settle in into that role over the last few months. How have you found that experience of, of you know, working with him? What's the relationship like, and and what do you feel like you guys have achieved throughout the year so far? Oh, Aaron and I have coached coached together on and off for fifteen years, so um, we've got a really good relationship. It's an honest relationship, so I can tell him things that you know we don't always agree, but because we've got enough respect for each other, we'll we'll take each other's opinion on board and and all of that. So. It's very much a respect-based relationship that we've got, but um, look, it's it's I said it's it's all been positive. Like I think, you know, to go into our first senior year of coaching senior football and into a club that we know has got a massive reputation in the league, you know, they were one of the best, you know, twenty odd years ago, and then yeah, that they had that had a few rough patches. So, you know, we we like we we like to try and rebuild things, and this is what we're doing here with them. We, we, we're just trying to rebuild it to get it to a point where they can really take off. And by having a stack of junior sides this year, which we haven't had, now they've got a full deck of juniors. We'll have 19s next year. We just fell short this year, but we'll have 19s next year. 
The future's looking bright, and to be able to see us building that is what excites us the most. And that's great to hear that, you know, that the junior program is continuing to develop. It, it's always been a big backdrop for, for senior clubs throughout the competition, so it's great that Epping are starting to build that up again. Glenn Leonard, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a bit of an insight into how things are at the Epping Football Netball Club, and congratulations again on the win on Saturday, and all the best for the season ahead. Thanks, Nicholas. Thanks for the chat. That was Glenn Leonard there, the co-coach of the Epping Football Netball Club. Um, a lot of emotional scenes, no doubt, at Epping Recreation Reserve following that win after such a drought, getting a, a win like that in, in front of a home crowd, which is is great to see all around, and you know will give them a lot of confidence in the years ahead, I'm sure. But let's head to Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three now. I guess we've got to talk about the game around in that one. Had to be between Old Eltham Collegians and Heidelberg West now. And I'm ruining I didn't say anything last time, but I actually was coming into Saturday morning thinking that the Turtles were going to lose that. Only because when I looked at the teams on the Friday night, I didn't really have many of their their key players back yet. Albeit, they still had some talented people in that lineup. But, you know, we know that they're capable of having, when they have that full squad of what they can do. But, you know, I was still missing a few players in that side. Heidelberg West, you know, were in decent form. And the game they played in round two was a really, really close game. The Turtle was just getting over the line by under a goal. Um, and the Hawks delivered. 13-3-81, defeating Old Elfham Collegians 8-9-57. Um, now, we, we spoke about this being a top four battle. Well, the Hawks are coming to town now. They're one yeah. game behind fourth place. They've had some really good form, albeit they still have to play a, f- a few of those top sides in the latter part of the year, including next week when they play Lorimer. But... They're capable. They're absolutely capable. Definitely. And, yeah, I, I spoke with their senior assistant coach, Terry Dukas, after the victory because I don't think Michael Misson, according to some reports, wasn't available for... Well, well was struck down with COVID yeah. um, for this match. And, yeah, he, he was very happy with the victory. He thought, you know, it was... It, this win as well gives them... Conf- it, it, um, it, the win was sweet as well, given, you know, despite this, the sight, this... The well, a slightly weaker side for Eltham. They were still, you know, according to him, very evenly balanced across all three lines: midfield, defence, and, and and forward line. Um, and yeah, he they enjoy, it was a they were, he was really happy with the victory. Alex Highwood, uh, Jordan Velios, and Alan Young. They he thought, you know, he he also said on them that or usually one of them pops um or explodes. In, in one of their, in these games and all three did you know Highwood has the six goals Valios with three and Alan Young kicks two so gr- three great performances from them and yeah he, he's now confident that if they continue to play their brand of footy they can they can be, they can challenge those top sides like you know your Lorimers South Morangs Kilmores they've gone close against South Morangs and uh, South Morang and Kilmore before um, I think they were comfortably defeated against Lorimer but, but now they have that confidence they can take it up to the top sides with this victory and I, I think they're not going to they're not going to rest on their laurels this week especially on their home deck against top of the table Lorimer I mean I still think they have to beat another one of those top four sides to really put them in the frame but at the same time they've given themselves every chance which is all you can do at the moment so yeah Michael Misson would be absolutely pleased with that side's performance 
Uh, Kilmore and South Morang, we didn't really know what to expect in this one more in the fact that the Blues had that big win over the Turtles a fortnight ago. South Morang still hadn't beaten the top four side coming into this, but had started to pick up their form. Um, and the Lions delivered. They got their first win against the top four side, so it's puts them back on track a little bit now uh, with a handy 34-point uh, win over the Blues. And they were able to bring some of their, their plays back. I think was it, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who came back into that team. I think Kane Hall was one. That, that made his way back into the side. One of the Potters as well. But um, overall, this could be the, the little resurgence or the little spark that the Lions need to get themselves back to the level they were in 2021. Yeah, and it gives them confidence as well that they've beaten a top four side. They can definitely take it up once more to top to one of the top four sides. And with Old Eltham going down, it pushes them back up into second. And yeah, a very, very convincing win in the end over Kilmore. It was only 11 points at three-quarter time, but then they pile on 38 points to only the 15 in the final term. A very fast finishing outfit, and yeah, it's um, a really a really good victory for South Marine. Kilmore will be disappointed. You know, we spoke with Chris Ryle after the game against Old Eltham. He thought, you know, they could potentially pick up... It would be a challenge, but they could potentially pick up the victory against against South Morang, but unfortunately they didn't, and yeah, this is, um, it dent, it, it's a bit of a dent for Kilmore, given, you know, they've gone their second win of the season against Old Eltham the previous week, and yeah, they're, they're, they're still the only top four, well, top four side in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 that they've been, and yeah, this would dent their confidence a little bit more, given it's out on their home track. And then the other two games to look at, of course, well, uh, pretty convincing beatings for both Mernda defeating Laylor by 164 points and, and Lorimer posting the biggest score and the biggest margin so far this year 290 point winners over Reservoir so again a bit of percentage boosters for those two sides again unfortunately you don't like to see massive you know beltings like that but unfortunately you know that's just how it is in that division right now so just one to keep an eye on, I think, with the way they're going about it. We know they're going to improve both sides, but mm. yeah, right now it's just you know they're going to have to just try get through these these big defeats again. Full credit to you know the the two winners there in Mernda and, and Lorimer, particularly Mernda, who are still trying to push themselves for a top four site, uh, top four place. That hasn't quite happened for them just yet, but we know they'll get there. So see how we go with that, um, and then we'll. Take a quick break here on the NFL podcast. We've got plenty more for you right after this. You're listening to the NFL podcast. We'll head straight to our women's review from the weekend gone by. A couple of interesting results. Just four weeks remain in the senior women's competition. So a lot to fight for for those final spots in all three divisions. We'll start with winning edge division one women's and Diamond Creek women's one. Well, a very comprehensive win for them over to V Western Spurs, 135-point winners. Uh, they are pretty much dominant throughout the whole game. and They're the most attacking side in the competition. They've, they've scored the most points, I think, across all the uh, other teams in the competition. So they continue to do that again, 22 goals, 10 for them. And, you know, they had a lot of contributors as well. You know, Linda Thorpe, nine goals. Quite incredible, um, you know, to, to see these big tallies being reached by women and we'll chat to Troy as well for one of their stars and Sarah Johnson for St. Mary's as well continuing to lead the way in the goal king stakes as well but that's 
always handy to have a look at. Uh, and then Darabin won. They just held on to beat Heidelberg one. We know the Tigers have had their struggles this year. They probably thought this was a really good chance to get uh, back on the winners list, particularly that seeing as the Tigers were trailing by five. Sorry, the Tigers were leading by five points at quarter time, but the Falcons were just able to keep ahead throughout the whole time. But Heidelberg one can they can hold their head up high. They've produced some really good performances. Have had some great individual efforts too from the likes of Emily DeSando and Mia Tascone. Um and and they'll get there. They'll get there. Yeah. This is definitely a much improved performance against well, who I thought was the third best side in well, behind Diamond Creek one and and West Preston Lakeside one in winning edge division one. Yeah, this is a, a terrific performance. They might be a little disappointed, of course. Quarter time lead in in any t- in any format of footy, it, you're never going to be able. It's usually hard to to hold on, no matter how big your lead is, but. Yeah, this is um this is a much improved performance from them. Uh, you know, Tanner Hurst, Julian McCardle, good players for for the Falcons, um, and it, they led the way for for them in the victory. But yeah, they'll take the victory. Will will the Falcons? But yeah, lot definitely a lot to take out for for Heidelberg one. Montmorency, well, they cruised to victory over mm-hmm. Greensborough, a comfortable ninety point win at Anthony Bill Reserve. So. They've got to, they've put a good gap against the the bottom four sides in the competition. I guess this was a really close game in the sense that this was going to be fourth versus fifth in the competition, um, and we didn't know which way it was going to turn. The Borough had some good weeks. We spoke to Stu Lewis as well a little while back, and um, the Borough, I guess, were just no match. I believe they only had 16 uh, throughout the game, so it was always going to be made a little difficult, but... Montmorency just, you know, flexing their muscles a bit and staking their claim as an absolute finals contender throughout season 2022. And then, unfortunately, Lower Plenty Bandura had to forfeit their match with West Preston Lakeside 1. We'll head to SG Print and Paper Division 2 women's and Banyul, well, they recorded their eighth win of the season with a 36-point triumph over Whittlesey at Beverly Road Oval. This was the only top four match that was scheduled for this round and the Bears kept the Eagles to just one goal for the match and were able to kick six themselves. Heidi Cummins is just having another another great season for her, another standout performance as well uh, with Chloe Sheen and Alyssa Barnes kicking two goals each. And then Altham, they were able to break away in the second half, defeating Darabin two by 52 points. It was a struggle for them in that first half. They only led by five points at half time. Zero goals, eight. They were at half time, but then... They kicked seven goals to nil in the second half and was superb from there on out. And Altham, well, we spoke to Darren Cardamone last week. They're, they're definitely a big contender throughout that competition right now. Yeah, I think they're they're the Premiership favourites as well in Street Print Paper Division 2. They've, you know, coming down the division, it might have hurt them a little bit, but yeah, they've strung together a great season so far. And yeah, a good win in the end, uh, despite that half despite a half-time score of zero goals, zero goals, eight, a great second half from the Panthers, and yeah, it's um, a couple of great, a couple of yeah, a couple of great performances they've strung this year so far, and yeah, these, this final month they'll just be looking to continue on their way and stamp their authority as the best team in Division Two. St Mary's they continue to put the pressure on top two sides in the competition, a 100-point win over Diamond Creek Women's two at Plenty Park Oval. Um, Sarah Johnson kicked five goals, and that's 16 in her last three. Cutlin Cruzberger was also pretty impressive for the borough. We'll speak to Troy Bickerton 
in a few moments about the St. Mary's women's football program and their great start to the season. And then, unfortunately, Montmorency won, had to forfeit their scheduled match with the Fitzroy Stars. Over to Cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's and West Preston Lakeside 2. Well, they bounced back uh, from back-to-back losses with a 12-point win over Heidelberg 2. Now, similar to Heidelberg's first side, uh, their ones, you know, the, the two haven't had a great deal of success this year, but again, w- would have pulled off a mighty upset if they had have gotten up here against a West Preston Lakeside 2 who are challenging uh, Murder and Hurstbridge for those top two spots on the table. It was 2-6 to 1 straight in the end. Sophie Moore and Alyssa Delos were able to do enough to get the Roosters over the line. So um, just getting the wins they need, that's all they really need to do. But um, impressive nonetheless from the Roosters. And then Mernda, well, they continue to stake their claim as the Premiership favourites, don't they? Mm. Um, another convincing win this time over Wallen, and that could have been a lot more as well. 4-11 they finished with, compared to the one behind. Julia Cherivolo, uh, Tiana Teo, and Monica Bradford. All very impressive in the triumph, as well as their, their stars that they've had the last few years in Wekdut and Natalie Tadaro. But yeah, Mernda, they, they have their gap in, on top of the ladder, and they, they seem very difficult to beat at the moment. Yeah, and for Wallen, they'll. I think they'll be happy that they only just lost by, you know, the 34 points. It could have been a lot worse. Four goals, 11. Um, yeah, it's a good win for Mernda. They've been, yeah, they've definitely been the side to beat. And yeah, Julia Cherovolo, Tiana Tower, and Monica Bradford. They've all been consistently named in the best for Mernda this season as well. Great performances, and of course, uh, yeah, Awek Duck and Natalie Todaro. They've been yeah terrific so far this season so no surprises as to some of their key players and yeah just a, a really good victory for Mahinda taking the trip taking the trip up the yeah, up to Wallen yeah they'll be Wallen will be happy that they put up a bit of a fight they had their struggles this year too and yeah this is just another win just another weekend of great footy for Mahinda. And Hurstbridge they continue their great 2022 campaign near the ones breathing down the necks of Mahinda right now 35-point win, sorry, over at Lorimer. At Lorimer Reserve, 19 scoring shots to four, so no I would get the job done in the end, um, despite the inaccurate goal-kicking. and They were able to take advantage at some points of their dominance, but Lorimer still remain the top four anyway after Wallen's loss, so they'll be hoping to keep that spot before finals gets underway. But chat to the senior women's coach at the St. Mary's Football Nipple Club, Troy Bickerton with his side's fantastic start to the 2022 campaign. Um, what do you expect from the borough heading into the pointy end of the season? Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior women's coach of the St. Mary's Football Netball Club in Troy Bickerton. Troy, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time today. Not a problem, any time. Another dominant performance on Sunday and it's now five of the last six wins um, you've had in games this year. You must be feeling pretty content with how things are tracking at the moment. Uh, yeah, the girls have um, really come on uh, really good in the last, you know, probably six weeks. Started a little bit slow, um, just sort of finding our feet. We've got a few new players and just trying to slot everyone into the positions that we're um, trying to find where, where what, what, best suit the, what best, best suits the team. Um, and now everything's starting to click, so... Um, the girls are firing at the moment, which is really good. In terms of, I guess, win-loss scenarios, it's, it's the best season you guys have had since being in Division 2 a few years ago. 
Did you always yep. feel that 2022 was going to be the year that the borough could take that next step in terms of, I guess, you know, on-field competition and, and development? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, when when we sort of got the, the team up and running again, because we had uh, had a year off, um, and that when we decided to get the team up and running again, I did say to the girls that come on board at the start, you know, this is going to be a two, three-year build, um, and just, you know, get the hype around the girls again, try and get some some ex-Borough girls back that had left and, um, you know, uh, especially from the junior club. Um, so we've done that and now we're building really well and um, hopefully uh, we'll keep going and push to Div 1 next year. That's the, that's the plan anyway. Troy, Josh Ward here. Um, you know, I, I believe you've brought in a couple of players across from the Eltham women's program. Uh, how well have they slotted into into the side? Well, we're ten week, well, a couple of weeks into the season now, but how well have they slotted into the side? Um, well, most of the girls that have come back were, were they were through the, the uh, St Mary's Junior Women's, um, like the junior program, and, and then they had sort of, you know, gone off to play seniors elsewhere. So when they heard that, you know, that we're getting the team up and running again, um, they were pretty keen to come back. Um, so, um, yeah, everyone that's come back in this year uh, has slotted in really well. So, um, and, you know, I think the, the thing that the girls are buying into, the, the culture at, at St Mary's especially, um, I've been at a few clubs myself, but the, the culture is the big thing that's getting everyone back, the players back. Um, you know, we're like one big family and um, it's uh, the girls have a lot of fun and I think that's the main thing that's... that's um, that probably stands us a lot aside from other clubs that they've all been at. It, it's great to see that, you know, the culture's playing a big role and, you know, I guess the success that your sides have had on field so far, and I guess not just with the yep. women's competition, but across all the teams that the St Mary's Football Netball Club have yeah. um, in all the competitions. I just want to talk briefly about Jessica Hardy. I mean, she's no doubt been one of the standouts, not just in your side, but the competition. She's the leader in the MVP votes, and she's been named in the best pretty much every game this year. Um, describe yeah. her impact on and off field. It must be really pleasing to have someone like her come into the team and play a role like she has. Oh, it is. So the, the first year, say, Mary got up and up and running, pretty sure it was, I think it was 2018, she, she come and played with us, I wasn't a coach then, but um, my wife was playing in the side, and um, she had an impact from straight away, I think she was the captain of the side, she played, I think she played six games, uh, and did her knee, and she still won our best and fairest after only playing wow. six games, uh, she, was, she was amazing, she was in the league team and everything that year, only after playing six games, um, she's just a leader on and off the field, she, she's not captain this year, but she's still... Um, she still leads by example and and the training and everything like that. And um, again, she's just really slotted into the culture. And um, her brother plays in in the in the senior men's. Um, it's a really good family um, situation, and we've got that along with a lot of the girls. Um, their brothers are playing, um, and uh, but yeah, the, her impact is just amazing. And the way she she reads the play and just. Um, yeah, she's a fantastic player and a fantastic person too, so it's, it's really good to have her down there. Definitely one we enjoy keeping an eye on throughout the year. Another one I want to quickly chat about is Sarah Johnson. She's had a great last few weeks, another five goals on the weekend. It's 16 in her last three weeks, 24 for the season. Um, you know, yeah. to have someone as reliable as her up forward, you know, 
I'm sure it gives your midfielders and, and probably your entire side a lot of confidence that any attacks that you do go up with, um, more than likely she's going to be at the end of it. Oh, it does, yeah. Like, when when she uh, she turned up to pre-season training and uh, she started jogging a couple of laps and I was jogging with her and she's like, oh, you know, I used to play down at St Mary's. I've had a few years off. I want to come back and play. I said, yeah, no worries, mate. Come down and have a run. And as soon as we saw her train, we were, I was talking to my son, who's uh, Hayden. He's um, assistant coach. I go, oh, my God, we've got a good one here. Uh, just the, the way she uses the ball and um, she's absolutely natural talent. I've, I've actually never seen um, a, a woman's player like that in at, at this level. And um, I honestly reckon if she really put her, her head down and... and um, she could probably make AFL if she really wanted to. She's that good. But um, she just needs a couple more years and a bit more development, I think. But, yeah, she's absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Others that have had great campaigns as well, particularly, I guess, over the weekend, but also throughout the season, Caitlin Kruzberger, Alyssa Rees, yep. they continue to pop up in the bests as well. Um, you know, you, and you could talk about these two in particular if you like, but have there been some others that you've been really impressed with development-wise this year? Uh, yeah, well, those two, yeah, especially, like, Liz is now, has been elevated to our captain this year. Um, she did really well last year as well. And um, Caitlin Kruzberg has come up from the juniors. Um, she, you know, walked into it and um, just, like, just taken to it like a duck to water, senior footy. So she's um, really good. But um, I, I suppose our, our sort of unsung heroes... Um, the development of our of our backline, Taylor Harvey especially, um, centre half back, just outstanding. She, she improves every week, and um, just her competitiveness is is outstanding. And um, Tamika Neal, who uh, is our fullback, she's um, just gets better and better every week. So I would say those two um, are probably the the shining lights that sort of don't get the recognition that they should. Um, but yeah, they they're coming on really well. Division 2 has quickly opened up as, as a really even competition, which I guess from a league point of view is great to see. You know, it's very yep. tight at the top of the ladder as well. You know, you're, you're four points behind the top two and, you know, with four weeks to go, you know, things are really heating up. What's the yeah. belief like from your group that you can get on top of them, of those two sides at the pointy end of the season and, and just how far you feel like, you know, the group can go? Well, look, you know, obviously we want to keep a lid on things, but, you know, I... I, I I would be disappointed if we didn't go at least make the grand final and see what happens from there. That's our goal. Um, anything can happen on the day, but I would say, you know, the team we've got and the year we're having, you know, a pass mark would be to make the, make the grand final and, and see what happens. And I, I, I don't think that's being arrogant or anything. I think that that's, that's a goal we still set at the start of the year and um, I think we need to aim for it and... and I can't see why, if we play to our best, that we wouldn't make it. But, again, like I said, on the day, who knows what's going to happen. But that's our goal, and that's what we're, we're set out to achieve. Troy, it's been great to get a bit of insight into everything happening at St Mary's. Your side's going really well at the moment, and we wish you nothing but the best for the rest of the 2022 campaign. Troy, thanks so much for coming on. No worries. Thank you. That was Troy Biggerton there, the senior women's coach of the St. Mary's Football Netball Club. And great to hear the enthusiasm around the women's program too, and we'll be sure to see them in the finals. Let's head towards a very quick preview to wrap up this episode of the NFNL podcast with um, what to look forward to in across our senior men's and women's competitions 
this weekend. Josh, take it away. Yeah, so Division 1, Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, there's, there's a couple of very in intriguing matches. You know, you've got Northcote Park, McLeod could be a potentially interesting one given, you know, the Cougars got the win over them earlier in the mm. season out in their at the Winton Park too, so... That's one to keep a close eye on, but the two ones I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on. The grand final rematch between West Preston Lakeside and Greensboro. This is the chance for the Roosters to make me gobble up my words and show why why they're definitely a, a finals contender and potentially premiership contender. But yeah, it's always a massive clash. It's been close the last two times they've met, you know. The draw earlier on this year at War Memorial Park, only one point separated them. Last year in round two, oh, I'm expecting no different. And of course, you've got the Heidelberg derby, Heidelberg versus North Heidelberg. That is always, and well, North Heidelberg, Heidelberg at Shelley Street. Um, that's always an in, in, intriguing duel in in Division One. And yeah, should there'll definitely be a lot of eyes on that. North Heidelberg had a pretty decent effort, but Heidelberg just again ran away with it last time around. And I'm sure they'll potentially be looking to make up for that loss. It could be, it would be a massive upset if they did get the win. But yeah, that's definitely a match I'll be keeping an eye on as well. Division two, you know, Thomastown Banyol, despite their difference in ladder positions, Banyol second and Thomastown in seventh. I think it's a, it's a battle of the bears, and no less Thomastown and Banyol. It's always been close. The, this matchup, you know, you were there earlier in the year as well. That was a kick. Pretty much after the siren that, or close to the siren that got the bears, the, well, the bears of Banyol the victory, and well, I reckon Thomastown will be definitely putting up a bit of a fight on their home deck, and I expect it to be a very close affair. Elder Motsonia actually one that interests me as well. I reckon that could potentially be a very close matchup between, you know, well, a side that is looking to cause another upset and the side that's already staked their claim as the best side in the competition. And Division 3, well, a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought this game would be interesting, but Heidelberg-West Lorimer, that's a really interesting matchup out at Heidelberg Park. The chance for the Hawks to prove themselves against, well, the benchmark of the competition. And, yeah, Lorimer just looking to continue on their hot streak. And South Orang Mernda is a potentially interesting one as well, I reckon. Mernda will see this as a potential opportunity to defeat a top side, you know, South Morang, yeah, they're sitting second, but they've had their struggles against, you know, sides around them this year, and it's out at Mill Park Lakes Reserve, but that is a a very intriguing clash between those two sides, two pretty much neighbours as well, so should be a very entertaining clash. Great, all to look forward to there as well, some great matchups, I think. Across all three divisions. I guess in the senior women's, the one I'd look out for is Alpha and Fitzroy Stars. Um, it's a top four battle. You know, three wins separate them on the ladder. But um, the Stars have produced some really good performances. And having not been able to play over the weekend, they'll be raring to go um, against a very talented Panthers side who uh, are eight wins in a row. It'd be a very difficult task to beat them. But they are at home at Sir Doug Nichols Oval. They'll give themselves every chance to get over the line. But that's all we have time for on this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. Be sure to keep up to date with all the news and views at the NFNL website, nfnl.org.au and across all our social media pages. Josh, thank you as always for getting involved and being part of the podcast. Always a pleasure and yeah, can't wait for this weekend. I've been your host, Nicole Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.